When diet is wrong, medicine is of no use. When diet is correct, medicine is of no need. Ayurvedic proverb. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Earth Body, the podcast where spirituality, wellness, and environmentalism meet because they are, oh, so deeply connected. I am very, very excited to be coming on today and sharing a wonderful interview with you with my Ayurvedic doctor and someone who has helped me leaps and bounds over the past nine months, has it been? And it has become a huge part of my life, Ayurveda. It is, well, we're going to really get into talking about it, but it is the most ancient health system and it has been used for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and it is really coming into the mainstream now and I think that's really interesting and we're going to talk about it but one of the reasons why Ayurveda resonates so deeply with me is because it is exactly what earth body is about it is a synergy of spiritual practice of wellness of diet of and working with nature's natural rhythms, nature's natural, (laughs) working with the natural rhythms of the earth to bring ourselves back into balance. And I highly and fully intend on becoming an Ayurvedic practitioner, if not an Ayurvedic doctor in the future. And uh, Dr. Aragona has really paved the way for me and has been a great mentor and doctor and has really radically helped improve my digestion, my mental health, and so many other things. So I'm very, very grateful for him and very grateful that he has taken the time to be here with me and to share his wisdom because I believe that Ayurveda is for everyone and it can help everyone in subtle and profound ways. So welcome. Hi, good morning. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) Um, yesterday, I actually came to Dr. Aragona's office. He is an incredible doctor in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I received two, three, two, three treatments. Um, and yesterday, yeah, yesterday, yeah, three, treatments. three treatments. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I feel incredible. I feel rejuvenated. I feel fantastic. And I want to say thank you for that. So welcome, please. Share a little bit about yourself. I would love to hear about how you came to Ayurveda and how it has transformed you, because I know it's been a huge part of your life. Yeah, I mean, Ayurveda is my life. <laughs> Ever since the day I was introduced to it, um, I was taking a yoga teacher training program in Philadelphia, and uh, I think a month into the program, I was introduced to Ayurveda through my first teacher, whose, whose name was uh, is Ed Sadlow, and he had been practicing for a few decades already, um, especially during the time when no one really knew what Ayurveda was necessarily. In the and West, yeah. In, in the West, um, and at least in, in the Philly area. Um, so he had been practicing, and he was part of the teacher training program, and um, he offers about 50 to 60 hours in the teacher training program, and so when I went to his class, <clears throat> um, he was talking about Ayurveda, and I was fascinated by it. And um, I remember it was really actually quite simple, because when he was talking about what the system of medicine was about and the history, and then he was talking about 
things being medicinal, such as milk. And so with me, um, I had prior training in some Chinese medicine and shiatsu and microbiotics. And so I knew from that tradition that milk wasn't something that is considered, it's considered poisonous in Chinese medicine. Um, and in Ayurvedic medicine, it's considered mostly medicinal, but it's again, not one of those things that's for everyone. Not everyone can actually process it. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, when he mentioned that, I said, oh no, like in Chinese medicine, um, You're wrong. <laughs> I'm like, this is not true. Right. And he was like, go home, make this milk decoction. He told me certain spices to put in it and <clears throat> just report back the, the, the results. And for me, I hadn't given up milk because I was able to process it because I grew up Italian and I was able to eat dairy, no problems with milk, nothing like that. Um, except the only problem was that most of the time the milk was cold. Mm. Um, and so I just stopped doing the milk because microbiotics has no milk and I said cool I'm on this path of Chinese medicine so that's fine I'll do microbiotics I'll do Chinese medicine and so when I went home I did the milk decoction I felt such a reverberation in my body from the milk from such a simple formula that I had never felt in my body before Wow! and I was like whoa what is this and so then I went back to the next class and I told him he's like welcome to Ayurveda <laughs> and I was like I want more of this like I have to really know this I have to understand this because it was um, Amazing. Mm -hmm. And um, Ayurveda has proven over and over again how profound and powerful it is. And how, for the most part, it's very accessible. Chinese medicine is a bit more difficult to access. Um, in what way? In the sense that the materials that are presented, like it really goes into the, this different level of how it's presented in a way that it's not as easy to digest, or not as easy right. to process, or not as easy to relate to. You just have to like absorb the principles. And Ayurveda just was easier. It just really brought it home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in some circles, Ayurveda is called the mother medicine and or the grandmother medicine. Mm. Um, and to the degree that it's called the mother medicine, I can see because after learning the history of Ayurveda and how all the other systems of medicine that came after it came through paths of Ayurveda or have touched Ayurveda or have their roots in Ayurveda, mm -hmm. um, and it's like, wow, like this is the source. And it's not that Ayurveda is um, isolated to India. Right. It just happens that I was born there, but it was a level of consciousness, and it's not limited to just India having this amazing level of consciousness. It's, you know, antiquitous. It's rooted in many traditions like Native American and African and Peruvian. Like, it's just really understanding basic principles and qualities and understanding the elements and how they configure and how they dance and how they exist and when we're able to really expand ourselves and see all of that experience all of that um, integrate all of that and remember that we are all of that mm -hmm. as part of it as part of nature then it really starts to come alive and so lots of treatment protocols in Ayurveda really bring it home to simplicity sure the more complex the disease might be or the imbalance might be the more advanced the protocol has to be but even in those cases Ayurveda says let's start with diet right. let's see what's happening here because for the most part much of the disease processes are a result of the imbalances in diet and lifestyle so if we start making corrections there then automatically other things will start to change um, and even if there is that small percentage of people that have disease that even though they're eating healthy and their lifestyle is balanced and they're still getting something like cancer or <clears throat> lupus or something because hereditarily something happened well then we would still microscopically assess 
what is it about a person that and uh, opened up to this experience and or just understand that this is part of their own unfolding in this life as part of their journey. And right. so in Ayurveda, we still provide some sort of support in that so that it's not as stressful on the person mm -hmm. and it's a different way of integrating the whole process together versus thinking like oh something's wrong with me and I did something bad and I'm being punished and this is not what Ayurveda is. Mm -hmm. This is a much more complex and yet simple science and actually is a science. Um, the science of life. The science of life, <laughs> the science of longevity, the art of living and all of that really is about who am I mm -hmm. which brings in the yoga tradition because the yoga and Ayurveda were born together which a lot of people don't know. No. It's amazing how like yoga has popped up like mad, but Ayurveda is really, I mean, now I think it's becoming a lot more popular and a lot more known, but why do you think that is? I mean, it's interesting because like around 1892, Swami Vivekananda came from India and, and spoke um, in Chicago at um, a major conference. I'm trying to remember what the name of it was, <laughs> but it was a world conference mm -hmm. and he was the last speaker to speak. And so he was this Indian guy just invited from India to talk about world peace and he gave the most profound sermon and everyone started calling that yoga mm. um, and that was just the philosophies of yoga wow. the tradition and then it wasn't until like the 50s when the Beatles started adventuring to India and coming back and then Ramana Maharishi you know his teaching started making its way and then Maharishi Ayurveda like all these things started happening in this in the 60s 50s 60s and um, then we started having that relationship to like, oh, what's happening in India? And it's interesting because if we trace back historically to Columbus, mm -hmm. you know, he was setting, you know, a course for this finding black pepper <laughs> and spices that were vast in India because right. India is rich with spices mm -hmm. and ended up here <laughs> in the U.S. And so That's the so Indians funny. here, I was like, well, maybe these are the people, but obviously they had corn, not black yeah. pepper. <laughs> yeah, they, they went backwards. <laughs> so um, everyone knew there was a richness to India. And um, so people started exploring it more and more. And yogis started coming and sharing some of their wisdom and their practices of the actual asanas or the exercises. And But I read it was not really part of it. Mm -hmm. And while, while I was being brought here, and it wasn't until like the late 70s, early 80s, that Ayurveda started popping up here and there a little bit more. Um, and then with just the movement of Ayurveda being as profound that as, as it is, people started jumping on the train coming from India and, and offering the teachings and people going to India and learning, you know, to study with the yogis, study with the Ayurvedic doctors and, you know, and so on and so forth. This has been right. a slow sort of pilgrimage. Yeah, as you were saying that, I, I thought, well, it's similar to like, the, com the comparison that you made with Ayurveda and Chinese medicine before and that like yoga is a little bit more accessible to people like the asana practice the actual movement than <laughs> the medicine and the herbs and the things that many people when they look at the word they don't mm -hmm. even want to pronounce it mm -hmm. you know when you have downward dog and you have you know crow and all these things it's much more people are like oh yeah that's easy and I think also Americans are obsessed with fitness and exercise and and trying to move their bodies in some way, mm -hmm. which is good. Mm -hmm. um, but that just came to me as well. But thank you for sharing all of that. I really appreciate it. And I didn't even know about the history in that way. So mm -hmm. I appreciate that. So 
Ayurveda is incredible, and I don't even know really where to start because there is so much to it. Um, but would you mind explaining the doshas <laughs> in relatively brief? I know it's a little impossible. Yeah, I mean, the doshas, um, you know, involve vata, pitta, and kapha, which are biological medical terms of Ayurveda. So it's like when you're learning Western medicine, you have to learn, you know, anatomy, physiology, pathology, mm -hmm. things like that. Ayurveda, when you're studying Ayurvedic medicine, you're learning the biological humors, which is Vata, Pitta, and Kapha, but that is just the surface of uh, the system of medicine because right. Vata, and Pitta, and Kapha represent elemental configurations, and there are five elements. And so when we're really talking about a Vata imbalance or Pitta imbalance or Kapha imbalance, the question is, like, what are we actually looking at within that? what quality of vata is out of balance, what quality of pitta is out of balance, what quality of kapha is out of balance. Um, and, you know, these are becoming more bling words mm -hmm. around yoga centers and spiritual communities if they're connected to Ayurveda. Because people are like, oh, you're more vata, you're more pitta, more kapha. And uh -huh. I think because of the Western culture in mind that it has a judgmental intonation <laughs> behind it and sometimes there's some sort of cynical sarcastic humor attached to it because oh, sometimes there's truth it's like oh my god you're so vata mm -hmm. and you know so but it really has a, a certain level of seriousness as well and from this experience of being um uh in in love with Ira for so long that <clears throat> i'm seeing the depths of it and how far it goes and how i really interacts and then it's not even just applied to humans it's just applied to like how are the elements showing up in each day mm -hmm. and in different food, geographic the locations the yeah. weather the seasons the time of life that people are in like we're looking at qualities in Ayurveda and that's sort of where the medicinal side of it comes to as far as either health care or sick care and prevention mm -hmm. um, and knowing what's what are my tendencies um, what's the right stressor stressor pressure and tension required to create an imbalance in that level of um, elemental configuration. So basically, if I'm predominantly pitta, then what are the right stresses, tension, and pressures to impose upon my pitta, for example, that will cause my pitta to go out, out of balance? Mm -hmm. And pitta is comprised of water and fire. A little bit of water and mostly, mostly fire. Mostly fire. Yeah. And so if I'm feeling imbalanced, it's usually because or at least if I'm feeling a pitta imbalance, that means that I have some sort of tendency towards fiery, you know, uh, tendencies. So it could be inflammation, gastritis, hyperacidity, you know, my eyes might burn if I'm looking at the screen too much, <clears throat> things like that. Or if I get affected by eating cayenne often or mm -hmm. things like that. And it's like, oh, why does this happen? And everybody, we can explain the why. Um, and it's so often, that in Western medicine, when they've reached the point where they can't figure out something, they're like, all right, we don't know where to go from here. And I read it, we always know where to go. We might, do a, we might do a little bit more research here and there. Mm -hmm. And that's more about like understanding really the principles of Ayurveda to see like, how does it actually apply to this individual? It's, it's not a one size fits all um, assessment of people. Absolutely. There's a certain level of understanding principles you know, if fire is hot and it's dry and it's, um, I mean, it can be dry or it can be moist, depending. But it's like, what else is there to it? And what is the right stress, pressure, and tension to create this opportunity for something to get more exacerbated? Mm -hmm. And then we start 
you know, alleviating certain things through the diet, for sure, because it must be something in the diet, <clears throat> and in the lifestyle, and the lifestyle is being interpreted by the mind, and the mind is the halfway point between all this, because in Ayurveda, most diseases are a result of digestive imbalances, and there are, I feel, two aspects of digestion, which is the physical component of digestion, of putting food in my mouth, breaking it down, absorbing it, and the output of urine, feces, and sweat. And then what the mind is doing in the process of transforming the information too, it's digesting what's mm -hmm. coming through the food. And also if I'm digesting some emotional component, some mental component while I'm eating, that's going to influence what my digestive system is doing and how it's going to receive the information of the food. So that's why mind and body are connected. They are one. And they have to be addressed yeah. simultaneously. And everybody, we can't just treat one system without the other system. And Ayurveda is not a system of pushing herbs, like we push pills in the West. Right. There are supplements for a reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if the diet is not supportive, then the supplements won't have as much efficacy as they can if the diet is in place. And then long term, if we regain homeostasis, then we don't really need the supports of the herbs in that way as a supplement because um, the diet can sustain us. And the practicality of the reality Mm -hmm. of being in the Western culture is that um, the lifestyle will mostly determine that we need some sort of support in addition to like healthy eating practices and healthy lifestyle practices and healthy mind practices. You know, it's that's just the reality. We're not sitting in a cave or we're not sitting on the top of Himalayas <laughs> or we're not chanting with the Tibetan monks. And not all of us. Right. And not for yeah. long periods of time where our entire life is devoted to that. So we're a Westerner, we wake up, TVs are there, radios are there, people are outside, like there's just the reality that, you know, so Ayurveda is an ancient system of medicine for modern times, mm -hmm. and we just have to apply its tools to wherever we are, whoever we are, it's a universal system. Yeah, 100%, that's what you've taught me and what I've, what I've been studying about it too, and, and so much of it is coming back to the natural cycles of the earth. And that's something that I learned from you in, in my protocol in terms of, you know, <clears throat> working with the doshas, working with the current imbalance and working with things like what time to go to bed, what time to wake up, you know, what time to eat, what is most advantageous for that, um, what to eat when. And I feel like once you really start to understand it and start becoming closer to nature and your own nature, it becomes so intuitive. Like there's so many complexities to Ayurveda and, but at the same time, it's, it's in our bones. It's like, we are all part of everything that's around us. And I think that Americans especially become so disconnected from that. Like just what you were saying, like we wake up, there's the radio, there's the TV, everyone immediately looks at their phones and it's all these stressors that are coming at us and we don't know how to regulate that and to be in society and also be in accordance with nature mm -hmm. yeah and the whole process with the yoga and ayurveda is that <clears throat> you know in a simple way ayurveda brings us home where is that in the body mm. you know it's what your know, food is the body mm -hmm. and what are we doing to take care of this temple which is a cliche statement <laughs> the body is your temple of course it is it's the home that we are occupying temporarily, but who is the we that's occupying this? Right. And this is the aspect of yoga influencing and integrated with with the Ayurveda, because the yoga, you know, there's aspects of yoga that it is, is the physical asanas are for the body, 
And then there's yoga for the mind, which is the meditation piece, which mm -hmm. is the pranayama techniques to start that path to go inward. So really, when you go inward um, and you really connect that deeper level of inner wisdom um, in some circles, like cranial sacral, they call it the inner physician, you know, the, the all-knowing, that just inherent level of consciousness, then we really can operate, operate from that place in a world with a certain level of relationship to the world um, in a more wholesome way that supports the whole picture. Mm. Um, and it's moment to moment. And so all of these are really bringing us back home. It's, I've deviated from my, you know, place of natural homeostasis, which is remembering who I am. And so we integrate the yoga practices and we integrate the Ayurvedic practices of like, what does it feel like to connect to nature by eating good and healthy food? What does that really look like? And I keep remembering who I am by taking care of myself. Right. And then it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And then eventually, like, it doesn't matter whether it's called Ayurveda or Chinese medicine or naturopathy, like, when you've really remembered how to come back inward, then that's where you really come from a powerful place. Mm -hmm. And you get to see your experience as a spiritual being, like it says on some tea bags, in a <laughs> human body. <laughs> tea <bags>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like you are a spiritual being in a human right. body, which is true. There's some essence, presence, or God, or soul, whatever we call it, inside of us that's occupying this body as an experience. And while we're here, it's like I have a car, and it's this kind of car, and now I'm supposed to take care of it so that I can go where I need to go and experience this life the way I was meant to with, mm -hmm. with, with joy and happiness and as much um, openness as possible. Right. But that also embraces the idea of sometimes I get angry, sometimes I get frustrated, sometimes I get, you know, annoyed, some, like whatever, it's all an integrated process to be human. Mm -hmm. And in being human, we're also part of the whole, which is the earth, the water, the fire, the, the air, mm -hmm. space, you know, all of those are part of us. We are one. I was watching, um, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but the documentary on Netflix called Heal. Mm -mm. It's all about holistic healing modalities, and there's a couple people, a couple Ayurvedic practitioners that speak in it, but I don't think it was this guy. It was another one who talked about this concept of entanglement, hmm. that you know, once something is created as a whole, even if it breaks apart, it's still connected and that's what mm -hmm. you know that's what's happened with earth it's like everything was created as a whole like and we've just become these little pieces of mm -hmm. it and people get so far from it and ayurveda really does bring us home i also am in love with this quote that you basically just said but if you don't take care of your body where are you gonna live <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i think that many people struggle with going inward because it means dealing with a lot of shit that people don't want to deal with. Yeah. And I know that for a fact, like when with our own protocol, like doing the meditation, doing certain things, paying attention to the herbs I'm taking, making time to cook, which wasn't so much an issue for me, but is an issue for a lot of people mm -hmm. is they don't want to, you know, they want to, it's this ideology of convenience that we have in the Western world that, you know, oh, you can go to the store and buy this thing and stick it in the microwave. And, you know, that's nourishment, that's food, but people mm -hmm. don't realize the, intimate connection that we have with that and how that like you just said before plays a direct role in the way we digest and the way our body receives that information mm -hmm. and 
That's just why I'm also obsessed with Ayurveda. <laughs> yeah, in modern times, like we're not necessarily, well, it's interesting because in modern times, we aren't necessarily invited to go inward. Like we're so distracted. Mm-hmm. More and more the technology advances, the more and more distracted we become. In some ways we say it connects us more and maybe that's true and in some ways it doesn't, it disconnects us more. And I remember seeing a graph um, when I was in my clinical training. It was an actual graph on the screen that the teacher had projected about as technology increased, so has disease. Mm, and mm-hmm. it was really clear and it was like, wow, like that's really interesting because these things are supposed to help. Right. And in some ways they're hurting us and I think the reality is that these things are here to stay and it's how we integrate them in our lives in a way that keeps us still in balance, not governed by them. It's the same thing with food. There's so much food out there, but are we a master to the food or are we mastered by the food? Right. And this is usually the problem with most people is that... What is actually food? <laughs> yeah, and what is actually food? That's a whole other thing because if the food isn't really food and doesn't have that proper intelligence to deliver to the cells, the mm-hmm. body knows that and says, I'm craving something to make mm-hmm. me feel good. And I'm going to look for that thing until I find something that's close to it. And this is where we get into addictive patterns that we think there's something outside of us that gives us that sense of wholeness. And of course, the body is like, well, I'm eating something that says it has, you know, a substitute for sugar, but it doesn't have the sugar. And now my body is like, well, now I'm being tricked and now I'm not really getting the proper sugar that gets converted into the proper molecules. Mm -hmm. And then it keeps me wanting more outside of myself versus having that connection to my inner wisdom saying, I'm going to research the proper foods that are actually whole in their own integrated nature and then take that and see how that affects my body. And, and really, a lot of this in Ayurveda is done through diet because that's the information and it's wholesome, organic, clean, local maybe, like simple, simple, um, simple tools that we forget about because everyone's on a go, 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 no one has time. And everything's either boxed or canned or frozen. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not necessarily the most ideal if you're just living out of a box. Right. Because <laughs> then we're putting yourself in a box or we're eating only boxed food. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, no, yeah. there's more. It's like, what does it look like when I go to the local produce junction, when I go to the local farmer's market, when I go to <clears throat> just the local supermarket that might be a co-op mm-hmm. or something like that? Um, the food is alive. It's like there's the liveliness of the food and the body knows it and you can feel it. And it's that experience that when you feel it, then you know what's true from not true. Mm-hmm. And then the body's like, yes, I feel supported. And you'll feel clearer in your mind, more peaceful in your heart, more balance in your body and more energy. And those are just common byproducts of healthy eating. You know, your mind is affected by what you're eating. Mm-hmm. And what you're eating is affected by your mind. <laughs> if I'm eating angrily or depressed or anxiously, then that's going to influence how I'm processing, digesting it. And in Ayurveda, when it's not processed correctly, it becomes a category called AMA, um, not the American Medical Association, but, <laughs> but a level of toxicity that's accumulated because right. of unprocessed food, unprocessed emotions. And it develops in the body in a way that's either increased inflammation, increased plaquing, increased anxiety, like these are byproducts of something that's accumulated in the body to create an instability. And the body speaks through symptoms and it speaks through uh, through us. When we know something feels good, we like, oh, that feels good. And like there's a yes. Mm-hmm. And then when the body feels like, no, I don't like this, there's a no. So if we're able to attune ourselves to yes and no, mm-hmm. then we have that wisdom to go around and go, 
I have a cold today. Should I have that pizza or that soup? Oh, I kind of feel the no towards the soup and yes towards the pizza. Then no, that's not correct. That means that we haven't really sunk into the body. That's usually the mind because mm-hmm. the mind's like pizza looks good. Soup is boring. I want this <laughs> pizza. But the body itself goes, I want that soup. I don't want that pizza right now. I can get you, I'll get you, yeah, I'll get you back to the pizza. Just take care of me for a couple of days and <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. we're meant to enjoy all of life. And in Ayurveda, you know, it's not an Ayurvedic diet. It's Ayurveda offers us consciousness through how we're eating. Mm-hmm. You know, we might call it Ayurvedic diet initially because you come in with imbalances and it might be something in your diet and lifestyle that's accumulated and contributed towards those imbalances. So the diet is like, we're going to restrict you from eating these things. In right. West, we have the things called like, you know, Weight Watchers. We have um, the blood type diet and we have the elimination diet. Paleo and keto. Yeah. And, and, you know, some of these are sort of slight angles on how to really address the body, which is like what's missing, which is our connection to whole foods, clean foods, mm-hmm. and um, the simplicity of foods and the basics of foods. You know, the, the, the natural kingdom produces things that have proteins and carbs and lipids and, um, you know, for like, well, I'm doing a carb-free diet, then you're, you're creating an imbalance. If you're doing right. a protein-free diet, you're creating an imbalance. If you're doing a lipid-free diet, you're creating an imbalance. So they're meant to be here because they are here. That's the reality. Right. But it's how they've been processed in a way the body doesn't recognize it, which, for instance is why sometimes some people might have gluten sensitivities. Mm-hmm. It's not usually, it's either the gluten that's not processed right, or it's the body that's so um, toxic that it can't take the gluten on because then it can feel like inflamed. Yeah, that, and, that was definitely the case with me before we started. Gluten would almost instantly make me break out. Mm-hmm. And since my digestion has healed a lot, I can have small amounts of it without feeling mm-hmm. like crap and having like a hangover the mm-hmm. next day, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty amazing because it it would just totally disrupt everything. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, okay, like if I have a p- piece of bread at the restaurant, like I'm not going to die. I'm not going to feel like shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And then I read it, it's like there's a time and a place and for who and for and when. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not... It's not a quick, easy fix. It's like understanding a person's constitution, understanding what their digestive system system is like, understanding what their mind is like, what their lifestyle looks like. It's a whole integrated approach. Mm -hmm. And then with Ayurveda, we work with the diet, we work with the lifestyle, we include the yoga, the meditation, breathing techniques, and so many other tools. It's not even just isolated to that because anything could be medicinal and equally as poisonous. Right. It's just knowing the tools and knowing who am I and how does this apply to me and how to integrate it into my life and notice like my mind might resist like oh if i'm a type a person i like going to the hot yoga class because i feel good from the rush but in essence it's really hurting me long term so that's a misunderstanding in my intelligence Mm -hmm. which in ayurveda is called pranyaparada which is considered one of the root causes of disease which is um crimes against wisdom mm. or misuse of wisdom like knowing what's right but doing the opposite which is like ignorance which is what so many people do and it's like i want that yoga class i don't care i'll deal with the breakouts and my skin hurting and and it's like no that's not right then they say well what's the right yoga for me then i would say maybe yin yoga or hatha yoga no that's boring it's too <laughs> slow i don't get the rush it's like if you're always rushing <laughs> right then when do you actually get the chance to sit still what are we running from all these distractions, what are we running from? We're running from ourselves, 
and the things that we're running away from will never go away within ourselves until we are actually able to flip the mirror and look at ourselves and say, what's here? Who's here? Yeah, and that's totally it, and it takes time. And I think that's what a lot of people are resistant to, is that they'd rather take a pill. They'd rather be on the prescribed meal plan that is supposed to help everyone, but Mm -hmm. is impossible because everyone is incredibly different. Mm -hmm. So I think that understanding that all healing takes time if we want it to be sustainable is a huge part of being in that so before we close Mm -hmm. up i just wanted to ask you what are maybe a couple things that people who are interested in ayurveda or interested in taking a more holistic approach to healing can start doing to catalyze that process other than coming to see you (laughs) (laughs) everyone should come see me in philadelphia (laughs) i would highly recommend that (laughs) no i mean i feel like i mean it's never a coincidence when over a sudden you stumble upon yoga no matter what branch of yoga no matter what style of yoga because it all if you it's it's sort of like my one teacher had said a long time ago um it's like you have four legs on a table and you grab one leg, eventually the rest of the table is going to come anyway. Some <laughs> slower than others, but right. reality is like, however you find your way in this direction, there's something about it that's calling you. And so I would encourage you to follow through with that and see like, what's here for me? Don't stop there. A lot of people go to the yoga class and like, oh, this is it. I have my fancy yoga mat, my fancy yoga cushion, my fancy yoga outfit, and I'm, I'm looking at the next person that I could do the twist just as well as they can and the split just as well as they can or the handstand just as well as they can. And I feel great in my body and I lost pain, uh, weight and I have lost pain. Or, And it's like, cool, that's just the beginning. Mm-hmm. And when I would teach my yoga classes, I would always say, don't you want to suck the marrow out of life? You know, it's, it's actually like a quote out of the Poet Society. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, why stop there? There's much more here. And if you're being called, keep going. If you're finding yourself justifying not going, then that's the thing. That's exactly the thing to look at and see, like, what's here that's preventing you from going deeper? And then make your way in that direction. If you find your interest in, oh, there's an Ayurvedic toothpaste on the shelf. What does that really mean? Where is Ayurveda coming from? It's a weird word to pronounce. Trust your inner guidance that for some reason you're connecting to that little seed that can plant itself and something reawakens in you that connects you to the rest of the world that instantly just by grabbing that little Ayurvedic toothpaste or that Ayurvedic bar of soap or Mm -hmm. that restaurant that serves the six tastes. Like, find your way there. And then if you really are interested, um, pursue your studies in Ayurveda. Find, Find in your area what there might be something that is really anchored in the tradition of yoga and Ayurveda, maintaining its integrity. Um, and if not, there's like a few schools I would probably consider, <laughs> um, at least starting that journey, not even stopping at that school. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, you're still going. <laughs> I'm still going. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Antonio. I'm so grateful for everything that you shared. I'm going to put all of his information, including his website and how to get in touch with him in the notes below. Um, Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I really appreciate this. And I hope that anyone and everyone listening got something out of this and can reach out to him. And if you're in the Philly area, I'm from New York and I drive almost over two hours to get here to get treatments from him. It's worth it. I'm telling you, it has radically changed my life. 
Um, I will be making another podcast about the treatments that I got because I don't. Th- I think we've run out of time. But thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank I you. Really appreciate blessings, it. love, light, longevity. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you to everyone for tuning in. Have a fantastic rest of your day, week, month, year, <laughs> life, moment, moment. Yes, <laughs> this moment. <laughs>